Welcome to the Woo Woo Way podcast. My name is Zeb Rice. Today's podcast is an edited version of a conversation I had with George Falcon about death and dying. It is a pair with a conversation Nina Walton had with George on the same topic a few days earlier, and which is in episode 10 of the Woo Woo Way podcast series. I wanted to give a little context before going to the talk. And the, the key thing that you need to, to, to be aware of is, like in episode 10, um, a big thing that, that George and I talk about in this is Nina's father, my father-in-law, Tim, who was very sick at the time. Um, uh, unfortunately, he's since passed away, but he was engaged in a five-year struggle with uh, all, all kinds of different forms of, of terrible illnesses. Um, and also about the time that uh, I, I recorded this conversation with George, my aunt had just recently died. So the main thrust of the conversation is really what I could do to, to help Tim and, and also what Tim himself could do to, to heal. Another thing I wanted to mention was that George talks about this model of going from wanting to thinking to having to being. And George's point, which is uh, kind of an extraordinary one when you when you sort of think through, is that the outside world is the same, uh, whether we're thinking or experiencing it as good or bad. And it's really how we're choosing to perceive it that makes the difference in the now. And all this comes up because we are talking about dying. And I often think about this discussion, not just in this topic of dying, but when I see suffering anywhere in the world. It's a really big topic, one of, one of the biggest, really. And if you think it through, it is, it's a hard teaching, what George is saying, and, and a controversial one, I think. George is telling us that the world is what it is based on how we choose to perceive it. But, but if you sort of take it to the next step and say, well, if we're choosing to perceive suffering as suffering, then we, in a way, are bringing that suffering on ourselves. And so... I really grapple with this because I sort of long thought that God couldn't exist because no world that has such unbelievable violence and injustice and suffering would be a world that that a, that a God would 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 allow to to happen or 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 create. And I think that that's a, a common feeling among people that that don't have any belief in God. And what George would say, I think, is that that God created the world as it is. That that it's, it's perfect in every respect and that the perfect life of, of, of joy and peace and, and health and love, those things exist in life. And the point is that he's not going to violate our choice of what kind of a life we choose to live. And once we're in suffering and we perceive suffering, the nature of our, of our brains is to see more suffering and experience more suffering. Uh, I just wanted to make a few other points uh, before going over to George. The first is that I, I don't want you to get distracted by the Judeo-Christian terminology that George is using. Uh, I'm from a Catholic family, and and so you know that that kind of language resonates with me. But there's similar articulations in every spiritual tradition, at least that I'm aware of. I mean, you take Buddhism for example, and you have this model of the the three kayas, um, or you've got the Jewish Kabbalistic model of the 10-level Sephirot. Second, in a similar vein, uh, 
don't be distracted by his discussion of reincarnation at the end. He explains a method um, using this concept of reincarnation uh, to quit smoking. And it's not because I'm a smoker, but rather he's using it as an analogy to our addiction to our forms, you know, our body, our brains. And the the addiction to the form is very similar to addiction to you know, cigarettes or drugs or whatever. George has worked with many addicts over the decades in both a clinical and, and also informal settings. And he's seen this method work time and time again. So even though, you know, I, I can imagine myself not too long ago hearing this method in the words of reincarnation and rolling my eyes, then you can just ignore, I guess, the, the reincarnation element and imagine it being a, a technique, an imaginary technique that, that helps solve addiction. Or if you are someone for whom past lives are a vivid part of your memory stock, then then you may find this actually really interesting and helpful. All right, that's that's it for me. I'm going to hand you over to, to George. Yeah, it seems to be going on right now. I mean, with other people also. Okay? In fact, the day I talked to Nina, about a couple of hours before that, I was dealing with the same situation with another lady. It's like, whoa, my goodness, the energy right now is just, A, either imploring us to change, or knocking us down, it would resist. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, you know, we, we get to choose, right? We get mm-hmm. to choose. Well, starting with a statement you made, and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll see what Elsa needs yeah. to do. You know how we use the below, right? I was Well, if I can understand a below example, I start to get an idea of how it looks like above. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Now, ultimately, sir, we come to the realization that... In the person, quote-unquote the person, Annabelle's the doer. Okay? What Annabelle wants to do is what's going to get done. Mm -hmm. Okay? Annabelle wants cake, you're going to eat cake, okay? Even if it takes the whole week, but you're going to eat cake. (laughs) And since she's not a time regulation one, okay? Whether it's a cigarette or whatever it is. Yeah. Annabelle's the doer. So we use an analogy, we say, okay, think of Annabelle like the engine. Now, since Annabelle runs the body, that's the thing, so she's generating the energy and she's running the body, then what's Virgil? Well, he's like the steering mechanism. So if you don't turn on the engine, you're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And Beatrice is the one that's choosing the direction. But Annabelle is the doer's end. If you cannot get Annabelle on board, mm-hmm. it isn't going to get done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if that's the below, then we say, okay, let's look at the above. So, there's got to be a universal Annabelle. See, there's got to be a universal Annabelle. Well, the Hindus call that Maya. Right? Later, they call that Akasha. So what do we call it? The Holy Spirit. And so, again, when we look at, you know, when I say, well, we're going to be detectives, we realize that very early in Scripture, we're actually being given the formula. The Father is Beatrice. The Father formulates the intention. Let there be light. Let the firmament separate. But there is no statements after that, Zeph, that says, 
And the father rolled up his sleeves and started making light. What follows? And there was light. <laughs> and there was. Well, who did that? The Holy Spirit. Well, then what's the role of the son? Well, he's Virgil. He gets to experience what's going on, right? Has some degree of direction. But really, that's, that's, not, that's not where the power is. Now, watch. One of the last things that Jesus says to the disciples is, if I don't go to the Father, I can't set, I can't send the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the doer, but it's the doer of the Father. So it's like the Son has to go to the Father and say, Father, is it okay if I borrow the car? He says, yeah, I'm going to have the car. See, if, if the Son doesn't say to the Father, is it okay if I send the Holy Spirit? And the Father says, yeah, you can send the Holy Spirit. Well, then the Holy Spirit follows the intention. Okay? All right, so here we go. As always, we're trying to figure out how do we take these lessons to the marketplace? Okay? How do we send... How do we take these lessons to the marketplace? Well, interestingly enough, the Holy Spirit will only follow an intention that is the manifestation of unconditional love. Or to say it another way, divine intentions are actually unconditional love manifested. Okay? Mm. It's like a voice recognition mechanism, okay? You can't get into the computer until you, you say something, right? If it recognizes your voice, it goes, here's all the data you need, right? But if I say, Zeb Rice, nothing. It doesn't recognize it as your voice, so it doesn't turn on, okay? What turns on, as it were, the Holy Spirit, the universal Annabelle, is an intention that is the manifestation of unconditional love. Now, here's where we now can start to take it to the marketplace. What if, what if I have the capacity to totally mimic your voice? Okay. Is that right? See, because I have the ability to totally imitate your voice. And it doesn't have the wherewithal to say, well, that's not really him, that's not really Zeb, okay? Really sounds like Zeb. Okay. Well, you know, there are people who have such an acuity of hearing, right, that when you're talking to them or they're listening, they can start to say, oh, yeah, you're from this area, or you're, you know, this is probably your ethnic background because of the way you use that word or the way you say that. Because they have tremendous acuity, right? Talk about voice recognition. The Holy Spirit only recognizes an intention that represents unconditional love. Okay? Now, again, how do we get there? Well, again, voice recognition. Why did Jesus get to the point that now he had the capacity? See, he says at some point, Zeb, before you used to pray to the Father, now you can pray to me. My voice and his voice sound the same. Or to say another way, right? We have the same intention. So 
So the Holy Spirit obeys it because it's the same intention. And what is our intention? Unconditional love. Now, from a practical point of view, you can see why it would have to be that way, is it? Because if, if the Holy Spirit obeyed any intention, and my intentions are not pure, or pure, good, I could create disaster. But if my intentions represent unconditional love, yeah, I'm here to serve that. I'm here to manifest those intentions. Right? Right, so again. So if the, if the Holy Spirit is, is doer, I mean, couldn't someone, like I, I, you know, unconditionally, lovingly want Tim to be healed? And, and the Holy Spirit can do that. So that's not happening. So either I'm not coming from an unconditional love point of view or. Is it possible that he's not accepting it? Yeah. But isn't the Holy Spirit more powerful than his accepting it or not? Oh, yes. But it's very ethical. It's not a power struggle, is it? Okay. It honors free will. Ah. Okay? Right. Now, when you unconditionally want the best for Tim, then your will and the Father's will is the same. Right. Okay? But Tim's will is not the same as the, as yours, meaning plural, yours, okay? So the Holy Spirit says, no, no, I, I don't listen to that voice. Even though he says he wants it, there's some unconscious belief yeah. that he has that he's he's sick. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, I, I, I remember when I did the the thyroid thing. Like, I, I, I have this thyroid condition, and I went off. And I was like, I was like I was dying, you know, and I... I really wanted to believe, you know, and, and I just got sicker and worse and worse. And um, so I've been, obviously wasn't really dying. And I've, I've been there and it's like I wanted and to have that belief. And I was trying to do everything I could to have the belief. So what, what can one do, you know, okay. in that situation? Very good, very good. Look, you know how I say there's wanting, then there's having, and then there's being. Mm. Right? Yeah. All right. In a manner of speaking, we could say, God be love. Mm -hmm. That's why the Holy Spirit does whatever God intends, because He be love. Okay? He's not other than that. Now, I can get in touch with unconditional love, right? And at that moment, I activate the Holy Spirit. But, Tim isn't in that state, so he says, well, okay, I guess I'm, I, this is as far as I can go. I can't override him. There's an ethical system here that doesn't let me override. It has nothing so to do with So what was it? It was wanting thinking? Wanting having. Wanting having being. being. So, I put myself back in the, in the, in the thyroid thing. Good. And I wanted... Yes, you wanted. The health. Yes. But you didn't have health. I didn't have health. And you weren't health. No. Okay. So how do you go from, <laughs> from wanting to having to be? Okay. So now watch. If we now and use a, a different word, I think that you might have a better association with it. 
instead of being health, grokking health. Yeah. Okay? Or, another way of saying it, move to the consciousness and stay in that consciousness in which there is no illness, sikshaka. Okay? So when I've said in the past that people get in touch with the light, if we take the group, the Sunday group as an example, let's just say for the sake of discussion, there were 20 of them there. And we said, okay, when you meditate, how many of you are aware of the light? Probably all 20 of them. How many of you are actually aware of the one meditating? Well, I meditate. I don't know. What I'm saying is, you've switched perspectives. You're now the light looking at the meditator. That's correct. Okay, maybe this, maybe, can we just digress for one second? Because I was going to ask another question, and maybe this answers it, so I don't want to lose it. You, you have this great expression, which has had a big impact on me and I, given the time we commit to meditating, which is, you know, if you go to the light often enough and stay there long enough, eventually you don't go back. But Actually, I had something. Okay. There will be a change in identity. A change in identity. And then you won't go back. And then you won't go back. Okay. Okay. So, what I was thinking about during the week was, well, by that definition, everyone in a Buddhist monastery should have a change in identity and not go back, right? Okay. Let's see if it's true. <laughs> no, right? Zip. When I say we're going to be detectives, we're going to be scientists, right? You just ask a very good scientific question. If this is true, wait a minute. It doesn't look that way. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to use the wall. As the light, okay? So, what? So, I'm meditating. And you say, okay, Dirk, what are you aware of? Well, forget the other stuff. But, wow! What color is it? White. Okay, what are you aware of? Well, the world. You are aware of the light, yes. How'd you feel? I've got a couple of insights what to do about this, this, and that. Okay? Everybody in the monastery does that. Very few do this. Oh! I'm the light looking at the world. Got it? Yeah. Very few do that. Mm -hmm. But here's an interesting thing, though. I want to add this to the, to the discussion. There was this master who said, point, a good example of what we mean by liberated or uh, fully awakened. He said, what's all this discussion about enlightenment? If you're not light, what are you? Now, why would you make this statement, there? If you're not light, what are you? You are light, Zip. Thinking you're something else looking at the light. That's why there's a discussion about enlightenment. Mm -hmm. There's no turning at the seat of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Okay? So, you've grokked 
something other than the light, now you're going back to rocking the light. But you were never other than the light. That's why he said, what's all this discussion about enlightenment? If you're not light, what are you? But that's not how we approach things, though. I'm George looking at the light. I'm not the light looking at George. It's not, it's not simply a matter of time on task. It's not simply, yes. It's not. But if you do it often enough, okay, hopefully, hopefully, Zeb, notice also that I say, or stay there long enough. The staying actually is more important than the frequency, but both together, right? Mm -hmm. See, every time I do something, it helps me nullify something else. Okay, I was upset. I went to the light. I felt good. Ah, I guess there's two states. Upset? Okay. Well, which one do I like? Well, I, I like okay. So, I guess I'm going to do this more often. Yeah. As I do this more often, Zeb, I'm giving this less value. Mm -hmm. Okay? In giving it less value, it's the same as saying, I'm identifying with that less and less. In doing this, you're loosening the grip over here. So, we're going to use Zeb as an example. When he was over here, he might have said, he might have said, you know, I'm, I'm an unhappy man. Okay, so now he's saying, hey, I'm a happy guy. Isn't there a change in identity? See, I'm a happy guy. Whoa, I'm a peaceful guy. Now, so let's go back to the central question. Yeah, yeah, sir. Okay. Why doesn't everybody in the monastery become enlightened? Right? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go to name. Okay? Now, Nang is known as the sixth patriarch under the tutelage of the fifth who was running the monastery. So the, the master we were talking about a moment ago said, isn't that interesting? Nang was the only one that got it? But notice he's making your he observations. He was the illiterate one. Right. right. <laughs> now he's making your observations, Ed. Yeah. Right? The other ones were under the tutelage of the fifth patriarch, yeah. as was Nang. Couldn't get better than that, right? right? Nang gets it. The other guys don't get it. Well, we would need to talk to each one of them to see where the stumbling block was. So what do you think? What was the, what's the... Well, think about it. If Nang was illiterate, he probably wasn't that involved in verbiage. Mm. And that were. makes it easier. Yeah. They were. Okay. So Nang's not going to read the sutras. Nang's not going to debate about it. It's just, that's not what he's doing, okay? Virgil couldn't get in the way as much. There you go. I think that's a huge variable. Mm. Number two, he was willing to jeopardize his position in the monastery to take care of his family. Mm -hmm. The usual process is leave your family to go to the monastery, which underlies still a selfish motive. But Nang was willing to sacrifice that, which means he must have been operating at already a higher consciousness without being able to label it, which may have facilitated why it happened to him. Because interestingly enough, his awakening moment was not in the monastery, 
but helping his parents. Mm. Okay? Which may have been that whatever it is he was involved in, he wasn't intellectualizing it about the path. So it allowed him, literally, it allowed him to be caught off guard. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, so back to us. So we say, okay. We know that, that unless I get into Beatrice, the four chakra, the aha, that I'm something extra to the body slash self, will not occur. It's just an idea. Zeb, everybody knows. If you ask Tim, Tim, do you realize you're a soul? Do you realize you're a spirit? He's like, you say, well, yeah. But let's look at his behavior. Isn't his behavior as if he was Tim? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See? So he's got two beliefs. Mm -hmm. He's Tim, and he's also spirit. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, well, maybe not at the moment, but years ago, probably there was more identification with Tim than with being the soul. Okay? All right, so let's go to the extreme with this master who says, but if you're not the light, what are you? So now let's ask another question, sir. The Buddha says, all I see is Buddhas. Well, what, what was he looking at? Your light. Mm -hmm. Got it? He's looking at your light. There it is. He's a Buddha. No, no, that's Zeb. No, no, no. That's him. There. Mm -hmm. Him is in Zeb. Mm -hmm. Got it? Mm -hmm. Him is in Zeb. That's him. Mm -hmm. Well, Buddha, why would you say that's him? Well, because this will come and go and that will always stay. So, relative to duration, that's him. This is phenomenal, transitory, illusory, all of those words. It's not really him. That's him. Yeah. And we know that that was there before time. So I can say that he was, and since beyond time, I can say that he will be, because he's beyond time. Okay? But again, let's go back to the practical level. As an example, I tell people, look, Jesus never said, okay, today, when I walk through this village, everybody on the left will be healed. Did he have the power to do that? Yes. Well, why didn't he do it, Zeta? He couldn't violate your beliefs. Of the free will. Right. Okay? But, so, that, but he did heal... You know, he, he resurrected people and he, you know, the blind. Following a request. Mm -hmm. But he also made a mm -hmm. very interesting distinction, okay? Which is very interesting. If you catch it, sometimes he'll say things like this. This is not for the person. This is for you. Mm -hmm. You, the witnesses, need to see this, okay? The added benefit is he gets to benefit too. Mm -hmm. Kind of like he volunteers, so he, he gets a benefit, but it's really for you. The Father wants you to have that experience. So he's requesting it. So all miracles started with a request. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right, but back again. How do we take it to the marketplace? All right, so watch. Tim. We're going to say to Tim, which is almost cruel. 
Do you know with total certainty that there is only one power? I think he'd say that. Yes. No, he wouldn't say that. No. Why would he not say that? Because he's sick. He's sick. If you know, I mean, he may think that. Yes. Because if he knew, he wouldn't be sick. Right. Got it? So he's got a belief that there is more than one power. So I guess I don't know that either. I mean, I think I know that, but... See, but I you know, already said it, right? I, got the I think I know that, right? <laughs> so we want you to move to I realize... So really there's another one, which is, you said it was wanting, <coughs> having, being. There's thinking, wanting, having, being, maybe. Okay. And that's the progression, yeah. right? So when I say, okay, look, so we go back to 10. Maybe so wanting, actually, thinking? <laughs> yeah, wanting this before thinking. Yeah. So we say, okay, Tom, are you conscious right now, right now, of being spirit? He's going to say, no. No. Yeah. I'm in pain. I'm miserable. All right, so let's go back to what we said about the Buddha to see how things start to change, right? So we're going to ask Buddha. So Zeb is a Buddha? No, Zeb is not a Buddha. Buddha is a Buddha. <laughs> Zeb is the temple. Zeb is a carrier. Zeb is the vehicle. Oh. So Buddha is a Buddha. Yeah. Zeb is the hologram. Yeah. <laughs> the projection. Well, how do you know him? Well, I told you. He is in Zeb. Well, who's he? Buddha. <laughs> Whose visual aspect is light. Mm -hmm. Wow. But Buddha, Zeb doesn't know he's the light. Yeah. But there's still some vestige of him thinking he's Zeb. Okay, Buddha. Let's do a hypothetical situation. Let's say all of a sudden, today, he wakes up to the truth. I, Buddha, have taken residence in Zen. Does he get a divorce? Does he just leave me and the kids? Mm -hmm. Buddha's not the father of the kids. Mm -hmm. Buddha's not the husband of Nina. Mm -hmm. Zeb is. Mm -hmm. You mean he's still going to be a husband and a father? Yeah. Well, then what's the difference? Ah, geez. Huge. He'll be a different kind of husband. He'll be a different kind of father. Mm -hmm. Got it? Yeah. Buddha is not the father of the kids. Zeb is. But it, seems, it sounds to Zeb and to Virgil that when you say the identity is going to change, that that it, it it's like the body, you know, as the vehicle is an unnecessary and irrelevant vehicle. Well, no, don't go to that extreme. You don't need to do that, okay? Because then you've gone from one exam, I'm sorry, one extreme to another. The body is tremendously important to, ah, that, that was the old Hindu attitude, right? Ah, it's a problem, it's a burden, right? Well, what's the middle way? It neither is a problem nor is not a problem. Under certain conditions, ask him, it can be a problem. Under certain conditions, it's not a problem. I can choose the conditions. I can choose the conditions. But what you have to understand is the, the body is not the problem. Okay? 
Just as in when Jesus said, it's not what you're eating that's the problem. Nothing from the outside can defile you. The defilement starts from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Okay? All right. So back again. Trying to make it practical. There is no way, and we're going to use the example of Jesus saying, if I don't go to the Father, I can't send the Holy Spirit. Can Nina direct Annabelle? Mm-hmm. Her Annabelle. Her Annabelle. Oh, can Nina, sorry, 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 sorry. Right. Can Nina's Annabelle direct Zeb's Annabelle? No. No. Nina's Annabelle can direct her body. Yes. And Nina's Annabelle can telepathically communicate with Zeb's Annabelle. Yes. Influences. But Zeb's Annabelle still has to agree. Right. Or disagree. Got it? When you said Nina, I thought you meant not Nina, but her. You know, who she really is. Who she really is. And who she really is can can direct Annabelle. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But it won't. Back Uh, to the ethics. Ah. Back to the ethics. So it's back to you have to get them on, on side, on board. Okay. Again, the questions we were asked, though, the questions we ask have been asked before us because wise people start to make yeah. observations, yeah. right? And they'll say, have said, why doesn't just God say, okay, that's the end of that, all of you are enlightened, mm. right? And what is always their answer? He cannot overpower you. Why? Be anthropomizing the answer. They'll say things like this. God the Father wants you to return to Him because it's entirely your wish to be in His presence. And that's why I gave you the story about the rich man who was older than his intended bride, remember? And he gave her everything before they got married. Yeah. Well, notice, God did the same thing. God the Father says, hey, the Holy Spirit has everything. If you come to me, it's a waste of time. If what you're coming to do is ask me for something, if you really want something, go to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay? But go to the Holy Spirit as if you were my son. Got it? Mm-hmm. And then the Holy Spirit will obey. Mm-hmm. Well, again, if you could start by saying, okay, so the below is my prototype. If I understand it, I will understand the above. Okay, so the Holy Spirit only obeys me. My Holy Spirit only obeys me. I can telepathically affect Nina. I can verbally affect Nina by saying, well, let's think this out. But she ultimately has to agree, or her animal isn't going to do whatever it is we're talking about. Okay? All right, so now we say, okay. So, the function of the Holy Spirit is to magnify love. God. Therefore, any intention that is like that, 
the Holy Spirit is going to partner up with you. Okay. So let's paraphrase. Instead of saying, I want Tim to be healthy, the Holy Spirit says, oh, talk to Tim then. So paraphrase it. Now that you have a better insight as to what the function of the Holy Spirit is, mm-hmm. what would you ask for? That Tim um, come to believe that he has the power to be healthy. You still don't get it. <laughs> that uh, okay. You have two sons, okay? Yeah. And you've said to the boys, this is how I want you to deal with my stereo. And one of them doesn't, and the other one doesn't do it. Almost does the opposite. So what are you going to do with the one that doesn't? Explain to him how to do it. Not only how to do it and say what? By the way, if you don't do it correctly, you're going to be cut off. You're not going to have the privilege of Right? Yeah. Okay, so now, here we go. Here's my prayer. Father, my greatest desire is that Tim be consciously aware of your presence, your power, your being. That's my job. Right there. Okay, I'm on board. Oh, what about health? Hey, if he's got God, he's going to be healthy. But if he has health, which he had in the past, he wasn't aware he had God. Got it? So again, when I say, think of these levels of, of consciousness like mechanisms, okay? Like if I say, well, what's the function of a computer? Well, it's certainly not the same as a carburetor in a car, right? It's designed to do something specific. So when I say, look, you don't have to tell Annabelle to record. She records. Right. Right? It's just the Holy Spirit. To magnify God. Well, what does it mean? Again, it really boils down to it's just very empirical stuff to recognize all there is is God. God is potential, God is kinetic, and God is form. All there is is God. There's nothing else but God. So I actually have just a quick digression question on that I've been wondering about. You talk about sort of light being kind of the visual manifestation of God. Mm-hmm. Um, could you also say other sort of forces of nature, you know, electromagnetism or gravity or, you know, the forces of nature, four forces of nature, that, that's another expression? Because it, it, it's that, the kayas that kind of help me, the dharma kayas, the absence, the absence, the samoga kayas, it's sort of that expression in energetic form. And then the nirmanakaya is like crystallization into form. Um, so it's broad, it's that broad in that way, sound or whatever. See, but what? If you reach that consciousness of oneness, then doesn't it follow that there can only be one cause? Therefore, there can only be one activity. There can only be the result of that activity. So the, the, the prayer for Tim is to 
that, that he recognized that he is the light already. That's better than the first one. <laughs> that he become sorry, conscious become conscious of the presence of God, his power, his love, and his magnificence. Yeah. Well, he said the prayer is that he become conscious conscious of the presence. The presence of God. But it's not just the presence, isn't it? It's it's his his being partaking in that or, or part of it. So if he's conscious of God, truly conscious of God, right. he will be unconscious of himself. Right, 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 right. Okay. Okay? Yes, it's been accomplished. It's the same that's yeah. not right, okay. It's said within that. So, my um, mom's sister just died. I was imagining talking to Tim or talking to my mom or talking to my sister, and it's kind of like, well, it, it, it's if my, you know, cancel, 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 my nephew dies, or with, you know, my mom's sister having died. You know, you can't. It's, I imagine saying to my mom and sister, "Well, they're a thought away," and they're like, "Okay, but that's not really them." You know, the flesh and blood and the personality is not there. And it's sort of like you also said, you can't be untruthful to to um, Annabelle because she won't get on board. So I don't know what to say because it's like if I say, "Well, they're a thought away," they're still here. They they're not still here. So I don't know what to say then, because okay. that's not truthful. But it's All right, so now watch. I didn't say they're still here. I said you can still be aware of their presence. Right. We said we're not going to lie to Annabelle. But Annabelle will say well, that's not good enough. Well, that, she could say that. She could say that, okay? By the way, she's not like this, okay? Because you're going to start out by saying, Annabelle, let's look at what gets lost. Okay? When Tim dies, cancel, cancel, cancel. What will get lost is the energy that is capable of stimulating the senses. Do you understand that? Well, yeah. Can't see Tim, can't hear him. Yeah, but anyway, the only thing that got lost is the energy that is capable of stimulating the senses. Yeah. But anyway, you know you can get in touch with them. Yeah, I mean, I think about, I'm just, when I'm meditating, I have a sense of where she is. Okay. And that she's really helpful that I'm sending her love. And, and, and I think I said that to one of my relatives, and, and they, were, they, they just thought I was kind of crazy, you know. Of course they would, sir. <laughs> oh, let's go back to something simple. I mean, they're sort of like, let's go back to simple, something simple, sir. I don't know how to express this. Well, that's a, that, that is difficult. Yeah. Expression is difficult. Okay? Yeah, that's serious. By the way, it's really not expression that's difficult. What it's difficult is, how do I find the words that help the other person right. understand? Right, But not expression. Yeah, I can express it. Yeah, I, I can express it. And then look at the blank face, right? Yeah. Okay, so there's a second problem. Or a scared or concerned face. Right? <laughs> so we say, okay, so let's see if this is a true statement. Cancel, 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 cancel. If I were to go blind today, right now, the world would cease to exist. Is that true? No. Why isn't it true? I don't see it, sir. That's good, yeah. 
It's still there. I can see it. You can feel it. See, you can feel it. So you're saying, I'm using a different sensibility mm -hmm. to get in touch with Ant. Mm -hmm. That's all. I'm using a different sensibility. We're having a soul-to-soul -soul connection, not a soul-to-body. It, it, it seems sort of abstractly that that's better and more powerful. Thank you. But I have to say, you know, imagining having this conversation with me, cancel, 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 one of my closest loved ones task, I would say, well, that's not good enough. You know, that's not enough. I want the laughter, and I want the holding hands, and I want the witnessing their achievements. And good. All right. It's not enough. It's not as good. All right. That could be true. That could be true. So, but if you say, okay, in your meditation to, with your aunt, have you ever felt her joy? Yeah. Her I gratitude? Mean, yeah. Because that, yeah, 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 I guess you're right. Yeah. Because I, I send her the love and that's, she's grateful and yes, joyful of course. For, for that. Right? Now, again, when I was saying to Nina, we don't start a fight with Annabelle. Yeah. You're not going to say Tim is going to be there 10 years from now because Annabelle's going to go, what are we talking about? See, you're going to lose something. I'm just trying to explain to you what it is you're going to lose. You're going to lose the source of energy that stimulates the senses. But the soul of Tim, the spirit of Tim, is still here. But what if he gets reborn? So like, I does that... You will pick it up. Okay. Well, you'll pick it up. Okay? Again, if you said to your Annabelle, please, we better go to Annabelle. Annabelle, we're going to track Tim through eternity. Yeah. Okay. Let me know if he comes back and gets a body. Okay. I'll do that for you. Yeah. Okay? Now, when I said Beatrice is better, because Beatrice gives you more succinct information than Annabelle, right? Annabelle just gives you the feeling. Wow, you know, I think the soul that was in Tim has taken another body. But Beatrice would say, yes, in Chile. Okay. She gives you more information mm -hmm. with a more concrete way of presentation. Whereas Annabelle's kind of a feeling nebulous kind of. Yeah, I have the sense he's yeah. come back. Yeah, it's not as specific or... Yes. So back again to where we started. I, Virgil, have never been the doer. Got it? Mm -hmm. I, Virgil, have never been the doer. If I can really get behind that, Zeb, I, Virgil, sorry, I, Virgil, can get behind the idea that I'll never be the doer. I'm just going to switch from one door, my personal Annabelle, to the universal doer of Holy Spirit. But I've never been the doer anyway. Okay, I was about to say something, but that's interesting. So I, I was going to say, actually, because of free will, Virgil is the doer, but it, it's more the director. The director, not the doer. Not the doer. Because that's where I think we get into a lot of trouble. Right? So what? I said, Zeb, I, I've come to the realization this morning and uh, I've sort of looked at things and I'm, I'm going to stop smoking. Uh, I, I think I'm, you know, 
cheating myself and my family by continuing to smoke. Oh, Sam says, well, that's a good idea. So we're talking, you know. What are you doing? Just one more. But George, you said you weren't going to smoke. Yeah, but I'm feeling anxious and the cigarettes are always calming me down. So once the pack is done, I won't buy another one. <laughs> Annabelle wants the cigarettes. <laughs> Got it? How, how do you quit the addiction? Good. So you said free will lets you choose. So you said, look at it. Before we started smoking, how did we feel? Well, sometimes good, sometimes not good. The first time we had a cigarette, did we feel good? Nice. When did you get hooked up, hooked onto cigarettes? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, it was a party or whatever it was. Right? And uh, so I started associating cigarettes with Having fun. Yeah. All right. Is there any other way of having fun? Well, yes. Well, let's start working on that one. Well, okay. She wants to have fun, so she'll go, okay, let's try right. Okay. Or the flip side is, you know, it, it, they feel bad, bad and they smoke to stop feeling bad. There's other ways to stop feeling bad. Exactly. But, okay. Well, there's several strategies, but one, we can start out with this idea. All right. I'm addicted to being Zeb. Right. So we said. Now, Emma, when I was Zachariah, remember that? Did I feel I was Zachariah? Mm -hmm. I didn't feel I was Zeb. But Zachariah isn't around. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that someday Zeb isn't going to be around? Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the same thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I don't have to have Zeb to feel good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're confusing, that wouldn't make sense to Annabelle, but we all start out with Virgil. You're confusing, you're confusing a correlative event with a cause and effect event. So, what? Just start like that. So. Say, okay, all right, let's see. I remember being Italian, okay? I remember being Italian before that. I remember being Austrian, yes. Now, each of those times, I really thought, felt I was there. Yes. Just like now, right? I really think, feel I'm George. Yes. So you have the capacity, Annabelle, of creating this feeling that we are where we are, in where we are. Well, yes. Now, but I want you to pay attention. Is that we've done this before, and we'll probably do it again. Okay. So I'm going to acknowledge your ability to do that. But it's still not me. I'm acknowledging your ability to do something. But it still isn't me. I'm acknowledging that you have the ability to make it feel as if. Mm -hmm. Got it? But start there. Again, yeah. we never lie to Annabelle. Yeah. We just 
help her see things in a slightly different way. You know, always, I, I think the safest and most effective way, it really is the safest and most effective way, is to start out with something that she has some degree of belief. Mm. So you say, says, you know, God promised us a helper. Yeah. Well, instead of worrying about him, maybe you should spend your energy praying to the helper to help him. Because that helper can really help him, whereas you really can't help him. You don't have the training, you don't have the power, he's not asking you. So maybe your energy is better served by praying to the helper mm -hmm. to help him. Mm -hmm. okay? So we start out with something that they already have some degree of belief. And that's why I'm always using little Trent. You know, when, when we say to little Trent, Carly came from the hospital. That was a good enough explanation. Later on, that was not a good enough explanation. But you didn't lie to him. Yeah. There were other steps that eventually yeah. Carly ended in the hospital. You see, you're just now adding more information. And he's okay with it because you didn't lie to him. Uh. Okay? Again, recognizing that ultimately, you know, when I've, I've used the analogies that the universe is like a banquet. Everybody gets to choose what they're going to take. But it's there. See? It's there. Mm -hmm. But you get to choose what it is you're going to take. Mm -hmm. Got it? Before wrapping up, uh, I wanted to add a, a couple of footnotes, a couple short ones and then a longer one. George makes mention in this conversation of this idea of turning at the seat of consciousness. For curious listeners, you can find a, a more specific Buddhist discussion on this concept in the Lanka Vatara Sutra uh, in chapter 13. Secondly, uh, he mentions someone named Nang, and in case you're interested in who that was, Hui Nang was a 7th century Buddhist monk and was one of the most important figures in Chan or, or Zen Buddhism. The Sutra of Hui Nang is often sold together with the Diamond Sutra, and it's well worth a read. And if you're interested in the copy that, that George would use, uh, you can go to the falconteachings.com website, and there's a, there's a link to it there, or just search for it on uh, Amazon. So uh, a third thing that George mentions just in passing in episode 10, actually, that I just wanted to spend a few minutes on is this science of, uh, uh, of psychic uh, abilities. And most people would consider that to be a pseudoscience. Actually, probably most people would consider it to be true, but, but uh, people that consider themselves educated and rational would consider it to be uh, a pseudoscience. But he makes reference to a couple, a couple interesting things. He mentions... Russian work that had been done in this area and um, being a good um, student and wanting to understand what he said and, and uh, uh, explored a little bit more. I, I did a little bit of research on it. And so it turns out that, that uh, Russia, as he mentions, is a, uh, does have a long history of, of looking at this. So it started actually in pre-revolutionary Russia, but 
right into the 30s, they started to get into some serious work at, at things like the Bekhterev Brain Institute in Moscow and the Institute for Brain Research in Leningrad. And I, I guess when Stalin uh, became more and more paranoid, um, he, he, he shut that all down. But it sprung back up in the 1960s. And there was this place called Akadem Gorodok, uh, or Science City, which was in a remote Siberian um, area uh, near near the pioneer town of Novosibirsk. Um, and, and you can see pictures of this place today. Uh, I believe there's still work being done, surrounded by pine forests on the Sea of Ob. Um, and uh, in, this, in this science city, they had 40, 40 scientific centers. At one point, they had many tens of thousands of scientists and their families living there. And in this complex of of scientific research, they had, they had this, this one, this one area called special department eight, which, I mean, that sounds like out of a, out of a, a, a thriller movie. Um, but, uh, in this special department eight in the sixties, there was, uh, 50, 60, 70 scientists tasked with studying telepathy, telekinesis, or distant influence or what they called biocommunication. And the theory was that, there must be some way of uh, communicating for, for biological organisms to communicate um, at a distance um, in, in ways that uh, we weren't familiar with from through our, our normal senses. And there was a big bent to this of uh, the ability to spy or for people to communicate on subs. And there's a whole story around how the Americans let on that, that they had made big advances in this area and that spurred a huge amount of funding, you know, billions of dollars on, on the Russian side to try to keep up with the ostensible American leadership in this area. And, uh, and so there, there was, there was quite a lot of serious work done on this. I mean, for example, uh, the KGB screened, I, I read, I don't know if it's true, but apparently they screened well over a million people to try to find the most psychically developed. Not surprisingly, uh, so it's for these tests and, and, and not surprisingly, they ended up with, uh, Tibetan monks, Siberian shaman and, and people, people like that, uh, who, who, you know, you, you probably didn't just screen random population people to, to, to end up with them, but that, that's who they ended up with. And they, they did a bunch of tests with them. And then they, they also did a bunch of work on the microscopic level. Uh, for example, they did this one test where they had, um, living cells that were infected with some, um, some disease, uh, and then they had cells uh, on the other side of a impermeable uh, barrier, but but light could get through. And they experimented with different kinds of light that, that could get through or couldn't get through. And they were able to demonstrate that that the disease was able to be communicated um, uh, through that barrier. Um, but you know that was a long time ago. I, I'm not sure how much that scientific investigation continues there. But more recently, um, you've got a, a bunch of really interesting work at really serious uh, academic and, and health institutions around the world, um, exploring phenomena such as mirror touch synesthesia and entrainment. So, so for those of you who don't know what mirror touch synesthesia is, um, apparently we have mirror neurons in our brains and there's certain people who have a more highly developed part uh, that that part of their brain is more highly developed, and so they, if they see someone, someone else's arm being touched, they, they'll experience the sensation of touch on that arm, same arm in the, in in that exact same place. Um, 
and uh and and apparently these people it's it's such a a, a vivid thing they they think everyone uh, feels that same thing and there's a bunch of research going on in this area uh, the other one i'll just mention is is an entrainment which is where um when people that have some kind of a, an emotional or physical or, or even musical connection um you know think uh, mother and baby breastfeeding a chorus of people or friends singing together or doing yoga together or two lovers holding hands or, or, um, spending, you know, time close together. Um, and what happens is when, when you have that kind of connection, the, they've been able to, scientists have been able to demonstrate that the people's breathing, their brainwave patterns, their heart rate, even their blood pressure begins to synchronize and, and, and the patterns merge. Um, and so, uh, I just mentioned this sort of stuff, you know, that, you know, most people would, think of as, as, as pseudoscience and there's a lot of uh, dismissive rhetoric around it, but um, it, it's a really big topic, which, you know, I, I'm not going to go into any further here, but the reason that I think George mentions it is simply to make the point that, that there, there has been serious scientific investigation into these psychic phenomena and, and, you know, entrainment and mirror test synesthesia sound like more scientific words. So maybe we wouldn't put that into the psychic bucket, but point is that there's been some validation for, um, this kind of extrasensory communication and, and serious scientific work continues and continues to be funded and peer reviewed and, and published in serious journals. Um, the problem is there's a lot of really crazy stuff on the internet that, that it, it can be confused with. So, um, I, I wanted to point out that it's, it's not all, um, not all pseudo. Um, and some of you that might still struggle with George's point, which, which he'll make in, in a, in a bit, um, is that when, when a loved one dies or when we die, it's the, the, that person quote unquote is really just a, a thought of way is might might be able to, might, might be able to put it that way. Or, or you find that him saying that doesn't help you in your grief because you, you don't really believe what he's saying is true. And if, if that's the case for you, then maybe some of this scientific support, uh, for some of the phenomena such as, uh, I've mentioned will help you practice what, what he's going to talk about. And as always, prior to an absolute scientific proof of everything that George is talking about, and this may never come given the limits of the mental plane, I, we're going to just have to try taking what he says on faith. And, and fortunately, it's consistent with what every other spiritual leader um, uh, has talked about, and, and obviously all the great ones uh, have talked about. Um, and, and as George likes to say, take it to the marketplace. If this concepts work for you, and, and, and you put them into practice, does your life improve? Does, does your experience validate your hypothesis that, that what he's saying is true? And, and that's really the ultimate test. That's it for today. Thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed the podcast, I would encourage you to tell your friends about it or share it on social media. You can follow us using the Falcon Teachings handle on Twitter or Instagram, or simply go to the website, www.falconteachings.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.